0: Everybody, it's the microphone's of madness. I'm Rodney over there. Steve, hey, hey, and <laughs> today we are talking Jessica Jones season two. Yeah, uh, re- released on Netflix. Uh, what was it? Uh, week ago Friday,
1: yeah, it was very
0: recent. Now, this, this series dropped with like no fanfare whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I got it. Um, I think I might have gotten a notification in Netflix like a month before, and right. then and then the day it came out. Oh, by the way, Jessica Jones, Volume Two was out.
0: Right, right. I mean, nobody was talking about this. I mean, it's also in the midst of the the Black Panther frenzy.
1: You would think that there would be a little bit of fanfare for it, just to get people to watch it. To be on board with watching.
0: It. There's two Netflix series releasing this year. Jessica Jones season two was one. Luke Cage season two comes out a little bit later this year. Uh, Luke has gotten a little bit more attention than than the Jessica Jones series has, which is which is strange, I suppose. I mean, the first one was hyped up for
1: months. Yeah, yeah, They we used. There were like oh. Stuff from like on the on set shots, trailers, yeah. leaked, like this. leaked footage, all that crap.
0: Right. There, there were, there, I think there was maybe one trailer for the second series. Yeah. And that was like mm, January. I don't even know.
1: Um, I don't really watch trailers.
0: So. And this might be part of this might be part of the whole uh, Disney breaking up with Netflix deal.
1: That's true. They since might, since they they're, might they're
0: dropping two sequel series this week, this year, and then haven't heard anything else about any other series.
1: Now, I heard. I mean, there's so many different rumors about that. I've heard that um, the Marvel Netflix stuff isn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all going to be continue to be on Netflix, uh, which is what I'm kind of hoping. But
0: right, I, I did see an article about Daredevil season three uh going with the born again storyline of course
1: right well we kind of predicted that after defenders mhm really
0: nothing else on on any any other netflix series maybe they're just sticking with those four characters
1: yeah Well, they well we had the punisher
0: oh yes yeah, right the i I didn't
1: finish watching the punisher i didn't start watching it <laughs>
0: That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Jessica Jones season two. Yep. What was it? 15,
1: 13 episodes, 13 episodes. What'd you think, Steve? Overall, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I generally, especially after the second season of daredevil, I generally going into these things as their own entity. Um, I try not to compare it to, um, what's gone on before because that way lies madness. Um, so I wanted to, to have it as its own thing. And for the, for the most part, it is its own thing. There are some references to, uh, the previous season. Um, and there's some obvious references to other shows. Uh, but all in all, it is an entity, it's entity that stands on its own. And even the references, you really don't need to get them with the exception of one. Mm. And that's sufficiently explained in as the series goes on that even that you didn't even have to watch uh, the first the first series. So uh, right. there you go. I like it. OK.
0: I thought it was OK. I, I think I think as the series progressed, it became a little bit messy. Uh, we'll talk about some of the, the individual things uh, as we progress. But yeah, I think I think Marvel and Netflix, they have a series, serious problem with sequelitis. Um Daredevil season two was not as strong as season one. And I really don't think that Jessica Jones season two was as strong as uh season one. There were a lot of elements in it that that could have been done so much better. Um There could there are elements that could have been dropped. And more focus put on other things, and it would have been better. Uh, overall, it's a, it's a good example of neo noir, if if not a, a bit messy. As I got to like episode seven, eight, nine, that area it started getting a little tedious.
1: That can you you know that argument can be made for every single Netflix series that's been out.
0: Well, that argument can really be made for every series because you know there's always. Filler, right? I suppose uh, that's kind of the nature of the game. Even even in comics, you know, when you buy a collection, you know, um, a trade paperback or whatever, there's always between volumes a couple of issues that are skipped because they're filler. There's there's nothing there to connect them to whatever storyline is being collected. So. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll, I can give that a pass, but there were some problems.
1: It's fresh enough that, you know.
0: Yeah. You don't know. need to tell people what it's about. It's about a detective named Jessica Jones. Yeah. And a, the people yeah. in her social circle. Right. Primarily, it focuses on the characters of Jessica, Jerry Hogarth, Trish Walker, and Malcolm. I don't remember what Malcolm's last name is. Uh, an investigation into IGH, the medical research company that gave Jessica her
1: powers. Right. Uh, be, mainly because there is, um, it, at the beginning, there is uh, someone who's killing off um, anybody associated with IGH. Right,
0: right. Including
1: uh, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Now, I will
0: say there's a couple of good switcheroos over the course of the series. Yeah, that's great. Um the first being the first on-camera victim of the person going around killing people from IGH, the Wizard.
1: Yeah, I'm the Wizard from uh, Squadron Supreme and and before. Yeah,
0: one of the things that, that that struck me right off the bat is that the use of color wasn't there. And for such a, a noirish show, it's shot very well lit,
1: yeah there was it was more daytime mm-hmm. um but they, used to, they they did go back to that color theme at the end.
0: later on, and that was that was interesting and and
1: and so we'll about that uh, in to, a me, second. to me that that they had well just Jessica Jones was having flashbacks of uh of the purple man probably. right. And whenever that happened the the there would be a purplish cast to to the set or you know a purple shadow would go across her face
0: or or the lighting that first that first scene where she starts hallucinating Kilgrave and the big purple light on the roof
1: yeah so i I'm, it I'm,
0: illuminates everything around her, and it that was just like
1: i'm I'm wondering if it was a conscious decision on the um Part of the um, filmmakers just to um, not have color play as big of a role this season as it did last season.
0: Uh, you know, maybe. I mean we've we've discussed the role of color in all of the the Marvel Netflixes. The Defenders did it really well too, um, with you know Danny being greens, Luke being yellow. You know, Daredevil being red and Jessica being kind of bluish. And you see some of the, the the big striking colors. Um There's that one bar she goes to near the beginning where everything's green. Yeah, well. And there's like lots of streaks of red and stuff. It's like, almost like it's almost like she's functioning in in the city post-Defender's. With, with all of these, these places, you know, showing off the colors of all the other heroes that are
1: around. I think it's the probably, I think it's probably a little bit simpler than that. I think last season they relied a lot on color and we, mm-hmm. we commented, commented on that. And I wrote a blog post that alluded to that and, and where color, color versus the, uh, <clears throat> the absence of color. Because mm-hmm. if you remember, a lot of it was like the colors were striking because it was so, um, so devoid of, of color for the most right. part. And in this season, because the big, big bad's been defeated, life has gone back to normal, so to speak. You don't have that, um, that, that just menace hanging over everyone. And the colors reflect that. Ironically, you, just because the big bad has been defeated, it doesn't mean that everything's okay because it certainly isn't. And I think that having those colors in there kind of like adds to, th- to that disconnect as well, because you're thinking, Oh, everything should be cool. But like, really you're watching this and everybody's lives are completely falling apart.
0: That, that's this, this is true. Everybody's lives do fall apart. There are no heroes in this show. None there is there's no major antagonist either uh i believe that's one of the major criticisms of the show is that there
1: there is no killgrave that doesn't bother me that doesn't bother me at all right um just because it says superhero on the box doesn't mean you have to have uh, the supervillain and there there was a supervillain it just wasn't a mastermind supervillain right um and you know you, you you are allowed to tell different stories I, I think well, that's a, just a lame criticism. That's that's coming from a point of I want it to be the same thing that it was last time, only different. And, you know, to me, that's just like, okay, well, then you know what? It's not for you. Don't watch it. If, if you really need to have uh the big bad, if you need a Magneto or a Killgrave or a Doctor Doom or something, then go find something with that. This is a different story. To me, this reminded me of, like, um The Big Sleep. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, Chinatown, mm-hmm. where there's not a big bad. There's like a conspiracy that is, uh, that is uncovered. And there's people at the center of that conspiracy, but really their motivations aren't the motivations of a super villain. You know, mm-hmm. and the big sleeper was covering up a murder in Chinatown. was, you know, uh, water, water rights, water rights, you know, in this. It's, um, you know, wanting to do something to benefit mankind and having it completely go sideways. And, you know, sometimes those are the stories that get told. It doesn't have to be the, the supervillain. You know, she is a detective and mm-hmm. that's what they do. Normally. Right. Right.
0: However, you do mention that there is a supervillain and, they kind of stick with the Marvel formula for the supervillain in season two.
1: Yeah, the the supervillain is definitely the same as the superhero, only more so. Mm-hmm. That unfortunately is how a lot of superhero. Right, right. I mean, that's like goes all the way. That's Stan Lee talking right there.
0: It, it could have been a much tighter series if they focused a lot more on the investigation of IGH.
1: I think they did a good job with that. The whole, the whole first, you know, quarter to a third of it was Mm -hmm. investigating IGH. Right. And then, you know, but there's only so far you can go with that. And then you have to actually have something happen. Right. And, and when it does happen, you know, it actually takes everything that she thought she knew about in her investigation and kind of like put it sideways. Right. Which is why it reminded me a lot of really good, um, film noir detective movies, because that's, you know, that's the trope of that too. You have Sam Spade going on the, you know, investigating and thinking he knows what's going on. And then, you know, he gets dealt a, a different hand.
0: Yeah. I can, see, I can see where you're saying that. We also get introduced to another, a new character, David Chang, who's a rival PI. He's he runs the he runs the fancy agency yeah with all the money but the the problem is they set him up as this like antagonist and I'm and after their first confrontation I'm like okay this is going to be running you know pretty steadily through the whole series this animosity and this competition between Alias Investigations and Chang Consulting but then he just disappears
1: it kind of. And I'll, he comes I'll,
0: back and he just points his finger at her. He's like, you're a freak. And then he disappears again.
1: Well, I'll give you that. That David Chang to me was kind of a ham fisted way of putting in like the, uh, a, 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 a you know, a male chauvinist figure mm-hmm. to have a focus of, of the, uh, feminist themes, mm-hmm. have a foil for that. Um, they had a couple of those in there.
0: Right. They had a couple of those in there, but they also throw that whole X-Men trope in there of the the prejudice against superhumans.
1: Right. Yeah. Which, which would
0: have been, which would have been, I think, would have, could have been
1: handled a lot better as well. I th- and, and that, that kind of seemed, that was kind of thrown in there to create tension between Jessica Jones and, uh, what was his name? Oscar? The, the, the super. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess, yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't really I didn't really like I see I thought he was an interesting enough as a as a antagonist on his own, being the the rival PI. Yeah. All of that other stuff, really. Because I mean he was slick and you know, Jessica Jones is like trying to get dirt on him and everything's Jessica. coming out, roses with him and she's trying to just like do her surveillance thing and he just looks out his window and he's like See you,
1: right?
0: You know, and that for, to me was was fun, and yeah, I wish they kind of would have kept
1: up with that. But then, how 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 long can you really sustain that in in a in a television show, like without it getting over the top?
0: Well, you could you could have sustained that a little bit longer. You probably could have uh, stretched out that whole. You know, I, I, can see you over there watching me thing, you know, and put that later in the series, you know, slowed that little minor arc down.
1: You, 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 you actually have a really good point that they probably could have had him show up later in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think it would have been a little bit more effective. Right. But, but they also had to have, um, a way to reconcile Hogarth. And and her he he served to do that as well.
0: Right, but his final appearance in 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 the show was just out of nowhere. It's like how did we get from this point to this point? You know how do we get from you know pointing fingers and you know I'm not done with you Jones to he's sitting in the building across the street with a fucking assault rifle and taking shots?
1: But he thought that she killed his buddy. Because oh, yeah. because he's even not so, not all that good of an investigator. However slick he thinks he is, he's right. really not that good of an investigator. Because right. he he just he broke the cardinal rule. He assumed something,
0: right? But even then, I mean, that would have been a good a good arc as well. Is having him, you know, watching him descend to this point where he, you know, he's watching her with a fucking gun.
1: And then obviously it wasn't all that big of a descent because, you know, his actual final, um, final, um, appearance was signing papers with Hogarth. Yeah. Come being back on board.
0: But that was, was, was that really his, but that wasn't really the tying up of his story arc. That was the tying up of Malcolm's.
1: Right. But, but I mean, he was a tool for Malcolm's story arc as well. I mean, yeah.
0: Now, Malcolm got an interesting story arc. I I liked how, um, you know, he's still hanging around. I mean, he was excellent comic relief in the first season. Uh, He's still there as kind of like the heart. You know, he's like a a good foil for Jessica, being that she's so callous and a bit of a misanthrope, uh, even though she says she's not. And he comes in and he's the guy who's, you know, he's the cleaned up addict. He's you know, wanted to be a social worker and helping people, and he just can't get, you know, that break that pattern of wanting to help people all the well, time.
1: Well, I'll tell you, i know, I know exactly what, what is what they wanted to happen with him. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't work the steps. He has traded his addiction for of heroin for addiction to, to sex. Yes. And, uh, you know, but you, when you do that, you're still an addict. Mm-hmm. so he he really he's still a, a sick person everyone is sick in this in right this show right but and he it's most obvious with malcolm because you know of, of all the characters he actually goes from last season looking like shit right uh, to this season where he like looks like he has his shit together he's lifting weights he's you know he's he's doing his job he gets promoted blah 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 but mm. really he he's like he's just as bad off as everyone else yeah it's like i i i need to work and and you could see that that he and he even says it he's trying to fill a hole right exactly and and so
0: malcolm is putting the apartment back together
1: he's putting the apartment back together he's um abusing his his uh his dating apps He's abusing his dating
0: apps. He's putting putting the apartment back together. He's also doing legwork for Jess. Right. In in some of the cases, he's he's pretty much running Alias investigations. He's become kind of Jess's Alfred in a lot of ways. It's like, okay, get out of bed. Here's a Red Bull. Your nine o'clock will be here in five minutes.
1: He also takes advantage of Trish. Mm Hmm. Um. You know, because he 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 likes her, so he he uses her her his because he knows she's not she's not right. right malcolm knows that trish is not right and ignores that and sleeps with trish anyway
0: yeah now let's talk about trish trish i think had had probably the weakest of story arcs um she they talk a little bit more about her her past as patsy and and how that that childhood celebrity decline And then she got her shit straight, and then she starts. she kind of starts backsliding again once this IGH investigation rolls off. Right. She's she's the person that starts it. She's talking about it on the radio. She's trying to get Jess involved.
1: Right, And, and you you realize that you know it's she she wants to she wants to get beyond the her past of being you know a shitty TV star.
0: Right. She was a shitty TV star uh she wants to she wants to do something else other than just host this lifestyle radio show she was a shitty pop star right and she has begun dating a i guess like the wolf blitzer of <laughs> the netflix universe you know this other you know action journalist right there's no other way to describe him other than he's an action journalist yeah
1: he he is the the marvel universe equivalent of uh big email vale.
0: Yeah, he's kind of a Vicki Vale, Lois Lane type, always throwing themselves into danger and and stuff like that. He's the host of a of a, one of those news magazine programs. Right, yeah. he goes to war zones
1: and takes pictures and gets the hard hitting stories. Mm uh-huh. hmm.
0: He's the one that's like, you know, everybody's shooting all around me and stuff like that. They pull a good switcheroo with him too. Yeah, they did. They that did. was a was damn totally good bad. switcheroo. Uh,
1: yeah, that was really clever, and that is why. It's stuff like that, which made me really, really like it. Because I was watching it, and I was going, he's dirty. Something's, something's up with him.
0: And it actually turns out he's the only one.
1: He's the only one who wasn't. He was the only <laughs> one waiting, on the up and
0: up throughout the whole show. <laughs> now, now Trish's arc, of course, you know, she's after IGH. But then she realizes that what she wants from this investigation, and what she wants from this investigation,
1: is powers. Right. Well, everything in her life is she, she brings herself into proximity of everything that she wants herself to be. She mm-hmm. wants to be a real journalist. So she starts hanging out with this guy. She wants to have, um, power. So she's hanging out with Jess. Right. She, she, yeah. she sees her, her self-esteem is so low mm-hmm. that, um, you know, she, she is, she's been living vicariously through people and she, wants to do it herself, but she doesn't think she can she she doesn't feel like she can do it alone and and obviously um it drives her well she's the, the she's the she drives the plot of the entire series really but i mean uh, up like,
0: into a point up into a point i think she's her her drive just kind of disappears after a while after the confrontation at the movie studio
1: uh yeah but i mean once the plot itself has legs, mm-hmm. you know you don't need a, a character to drive it like that. But I mean, it's all her. She's the one pushing it. She's the one who initiates the investigation. She's the one, you know, who who sets everything in motion. Mm-hmm.
0: And kind of a throwback to uh, season one, we discover that Simpson is alive still.
1: Yeah, for and a bit.
0: For a bit. And he is not taking the red, white, and blue pills anymore. He's using an inhaler.
1: Oh, he has, yeah.
0: To do the same thing. Trish gets her hands on the inhaler. And much like, you know, the first season where she starts taking the, the reds, right? Right. And gets the powers and she ends up, you know, fucking Simpson up.
1: Well, she did it once in the first season, right?
0: I think she took the reds a couple of times. But you know, it didn't go. It didn't go quite as far. She's taking this inhaler, um, to the limit. To the limit, and she's just taking it and walking through the city, just looking for people.
1: Yeah, that was a I, that was a really good scene when she was lo- Tristan looking for trouble.
0: Yeah, <laughs> because and that um, one guy, she followed him onto the bus. She thought he was acting. He right, he, was packing it was he like, reaches back, and she's like almost jumps across the bus, and how to get
1: along with people for yeah. dummies, right? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. he was reading a, a, a self improvement book. And she was yeah. ready to kick his ass.
0: She was ready. She was ready to tear him apart. But then she she becomes kind of this this combat enhancer that she's taking is addictive to her.
1: I think it's, it's addicted to anybody, but, but she's also, she's also a recovering addict.
0: Mm -hmm. She is also a recovering addict. And that's kind of where Malcolm and her have common ground.
1: Right. I think one of the, the major themes this, uh, this season is the occult, not, not the, the usual hocus pocus.
0: Supernatural stuff, the hidden.
1: The hidden. Where, No one, everyone on the surface looks like they're doing all right. But deep down, they're, they're, they're hurting. They're twisted. They're sick. And, um, you know, that, that speaks to me personally more than last season. Mm -hmm. Um, last season was very focused and don't get me wrong. I loved it. Um, I thought Killgrave was great. I thought that storyline was great. Um, it was harrowing uh but but this is a little bit more day to day and a little bit more just personal um for for how you know people are you know i don't think any anybody um projects what they are all the time i think we we all live this occult life where you know we project this uh semi idealized version of ourselves Mm-hmm. To be consumed by everybody, but deep down we have shit going on,
0: right? And everybody's everybody's trying to hide something here, right? Uh, and, and Oscar is he's on he's out of jail, he's on parole.
1: Yeah, he's on parole. Um, he's trying to get his get his kid custody uh, over his kid, 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 but and he's and a he's master forging, forger. He's supporting himself by forging documents, mm-hmm. <laughs> immigration documents, IDs, whatever. Right. And he's damn good at it, too. He is. And he also sides as David Mack. Um, uh, the, the, the painting of her sleeping. Mm-hmm. David Mack actually did that. He did a bunch of paintings in the there. I think it's everything that Oscar supposedly did. Um, he did, which is great because he has that great run on Daredevil of doing covers for Daredevil, mm. um, doing them for Jessica Jones. Um, He did, uh, Kabuki. If you remember that, that series, Kabuki vaguely. And, uh, he, he did like a, did a a couple of Batman things, really beautiful work, all watercolors. Mm -hmm. So if you have a chance and you like comics and you like art, go check out some of David Pat's stuff. Yeah. Now back to Jessica Jones.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, Trish is hiding the fact that she's now addicted to combat stimulant yeah um malcolm is hiding his sex addiction right
1: and and his his resentment i think i think you know jessica treats him like like shit and it's, it's, it's one of those things where i think she is portrayed as the type of person is the more she treats you like garbage the more she actually likes you
0: right because she doesn't she she doesn't want anybody being close to
1: her Right. So she pushes them away. So she and,
0: pushes them away. And the harder she pushes, the more she actually likes them. Right. But unfortunately for Unless some... Unless you're Trish's
1: mom. For, Yeah, well...
0: <laughs> Nobody likes Trish's mom.
1: I don't even... I, I, I didn't realize that was Re- Rebecca De Mornay. And I was thinking of like, you know, everyone in this is, is really into the character and doing well with the acting. And then she comes up and it's like, oh, she's acting. Rebecca to my name like oh that's why <laughs> but uh unfortunately for for J- Jessica Jones, everyone that is close to her in her life is also damaged oh yes and takes being treated like that seriously mm-hmm. and and you she ends up and it's not just her fault no this isn't like um in Daredevil where you know. Everything really could have been laid on um, his his doorstep. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- everything that happened in Daredevil, it's just everybody's got baggage. Up. Yeah, they that just, broke they them just... all up. It was Matt, it was Matt Murdoch's fault,
0: <laughs> right? In 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 this series, everybody's got their own baggage, and they just come to the table with their baggage,
1: right? And and unfortunately, that baggage just gets to be too much for everyone because everybody ends up treating everybody else like garbage and they end up isolating each other and it gets to the point at the end where it's um, you can't, yeah. recon- can't reconcile it yeah
0: now we didn't speak of the strongest character arc in my opinion and that is Jerry Hogarth
1: oh my goodness I have not felt horrified and sorry for somebody so much at the same time that I did for 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 Hogarth.
0: Right, and it's almost like it's almost like you have the Jessica Jones show going on, and Jerry Hogarth has her own show within the show.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was. She, I mean, she basically acted out what the seven stages of grief. Something like that. Whatever yeah. the however many there are. I mean, anger, resentment, blah 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 blah. I mean that's what she did. She she's diagnosed with uh what ALS? Mm-hmm. And uh she like it really fucks her life up. I mean, and here you have the one character in the in, in the entire entire Marvel universe who's a little bit underhanded but has her shit together. Mm-hmm. And you know, You have to admire Hogarth through the rest of everything because she gets the job done. And she, you know, yeah, she's greedy. She's a lawyer and she's, she's charging. Right. (laughs) But, but she's pulled a lot of characters fat out of the fire. Mm -hmm. This is true. But she's a, but she's a bastard.
0: (laughs) Speaking of, uh, Daredevil, how about that Foggy cameo? Foggy was great. He came in, he, he comes in. And he is just Foggy Nelson, and he has not changed one bit from the Daredevil series. He comes in, he's like, the partners had me draw up the severance package. You know, this clause in your contract is bullshit, and we can fight this. And Jerry's like, who the fuck are you?
1: Yeah. Yep. (laughs) But yeah, so she, I mean, she does the wrong thing and ends up helping the good guys so to speak for completely selfish reasons yeah it's very strange because originally she had hired um what Chang? Chang to uh her to to put a fire under Jessica Jones's ass so Jessica Jones could go back to doing what she does for Hogarth Right. But she was too proud to do it herself, mm-hmm. which leads to the whole Chang Jones rivalry.
0: Right. Which, which essentially is I'm hiring you to harass Jessica Jones into coming back to work for me. Right. Let, you know, th- threaten, do whatever you have to do. And Hogarth does not give a rat's ass that she knew that Chang was going to pop off to her. And get fucked up,
1: yeah. No, mm. she, she didn't. She knew it was going to happen, mm. she, that's what she was expecting, and it didn't work <laughs> because, nope. um, and so, so he actually ends up hiring Hogarth to sue Jessica Jones, which you know, you could totally tell. You saw the wheels in her head and Hogarth's head turning like, I can use this to my advantage. She had absolutely no intention of following through on this lawsuit, mm-hmm. but it was a, a, an excuse to get to Jessica Jones. It was a, 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 you know, a ready-made excuse that she did not have to swallow her pride to do.
0: Right. And, and Jessica, I think the good relation, the great relationship between Hogarth and Jessica is that Jessica doesn't play her fucking game. Right.
1: For the most part.
0: For the most part. She's like, she agrees to do stuff for Hogarth. Which all, of course, benefits Hogarth in the end. But, you know, she doesn't stand for the manipulation or anything. She's like, okay.
1: She ends up doing it because Hogarth gets her out of prison.
0: Right. Hogarth gets her out of prison. You know, does what she does. And it's like, okay. You know, we work for trade.
1: Fair, And that's fair.
0: Yeah. Well, it, same thing as uh, Nelson and Murdoch, right? It's just uh, the 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 a, a trade with Jerry Hogarth sometimes means your soul,
1: right? It, yeah, that's true, except when Jerry Hogarth is already going through some stuff. Yeah,
0: and she she's diagnosed with ALS. She uh, her
1: partners uh, want her, to buy her out. Because, her partners
0: want to buy her out because she has. You know she's diagnosed, they find out they don't like her because all of these all the partners at this firm are backstabbing bastards, yeah, they don't like each other, they don't like each other
1: and and you can't get rid of Hogarth because Hogarth really is the money maker in that company
0: right she has she has Rand uh she has several other big corporate accounts,
1: yeah, but Rand is the big one
0: right rand yeah the the her primary clients are sixty two percent Of that firm's business.
1: Yeah. So this ALS thing, yeah, of course they're going to jump on that. Mm
0: -hmm. To try to push her out. And they want to keep everything for themselves. But, you know, Hogarth does not play that game. No. And so she ends up wanting to hire Jessica to get the dirt on her partners. Right. And that actually ends up falling to Malcolm. Right. And that becomes right. the case he works over the course of the show. Right, and
1: then you realize that Malcolm's actually a really good detective. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He he actually has a lot of talent being a detective. And you learn from Jessica. He's very you can tell he's very observant. Yeah. Because he pulls the exact same moves that Jessica uses all the time. But he's a little bit nicer about it. He's a little bit nicer about it.
1: Why don't you just come out, out and hold this over your head?
0: It's a new world, man. Nobody gives a shit anymore.
1: <laughs> Maybe it was written before Trump got elected. Yeah, I think so.
0: I think I think they started writing this almost immediately after the first season aired. They began writing the second season. That's probably one of the reasons why, you know, we don't see the comic booky style because season one was all there was to the comic. Right. Yeah. That's true. They pretty much wrapped up the entire Alias run.
1: Well, yeah. Alias, the original comic, did not last very long. And right. And the character, Jessica Jones, got kind of folded into um, whatever Luke Cage was doing.
0: Right. Yeah, he became uh, which is, part which of the Luke Cage, became part of the New Avengers storyline. Yeah,
1: which is kind of sad because um, at that time, uh, the Jessica Jones the Alias stuff was a lot more interesting than the Luke Cage stuff was. Mm-hmm. And Luke Cage, in alias, was a much cooler character to me than Luke Cage was on his own at that right. time.
0: Right and, and really they kind of the way they structured Luke Cage and defenders, they really kind of wrote out a, a significant part of that Jessica Jones mythos with her and Luke Cage hooking up, getting married and eventually having a child. Right. So you it's know it that, that has to come like way down the road. Because they shipped Luke with Claire for right now. Right. Who does not make an appearance?
1: That's true. And this is the first time that she has not.
0: Mm -hmm. She's been in everything else. She was even in season one. But yeah, I believe she's working. um, Rosario Dawson is working on a was working on a different show at the time. So contract obligation.
1: That's the real reason why people are complaining about this is there's no Rosario Dawson. Right. Well,
0: she's the glue that holds everything together. Malcolm kind of plays the Rodar- Rosario Dar- Dawson role to an extent, being the one, the only one who's staying rational, the only one who is like, whose heart is like, hey, you know, this is going to do this, this is going to do that. You keep going down this path. You're fucked up.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: But with Malcolm, he gets to say, believe me, I know I'm just as fucked up as you are.
1: I will now say this, that I did know that she was not in this, but I didn't notice that she was not in this. Her absence in the season did not affect it to me at all. Well, nobody was seriously injured enough. Right, but I mean, even even then, you know, you still have that. She's the one who's, you gotta keep on doing this. You're special, blah, blah, blah.
0: Right, but you have to have a character get, like, seriously medically damaged for that, for her to even be brought in. Right. That, that's kind of the trope is, he? you know, somebody gets messed up really bad and they have to go see a discreet nurse. Right. But, you know, there was a lot more investigation in this, not as much... You know, yeah, that,
1: that surprised me. That you were, you had um, I won't say a low opinion, but a lower opinion of this season than the other one because there was a lot of procedural. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of investigation. There was a lot of going into buildings and poking around. And yes, right. I know she wasn't wearing gloves. Yes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> somebody <laughs> she, buy she, her she, a box of rubber
1: gloves. Damn was it, wearing gloves, but they had the fingers cut out. Right, so it was like, <laughs> she I'm, was wearing hey. gloves. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm uh trespassing, breaking and entering, and I'm just gonna leave my fingerprints all over everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already on
1: probation. But that that aside, I, I'm surprised because that is kind of your thing. That right.
0: Is- and 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 truthfully, that is where I thought the series was strongest, when the detectives were working their cases. I loved it when she was, you know, breaking into all these people's houses and stuff, getting the dirt. Uh, I loved it when Malcolm was running his scams, you know, to get the dirt on uh, Hogarth's partners. It's just um, the the rest of it kind of turned into a mess when when they brought in the nurse, um, from IGH. Oh, and that subplot.
1: Well, I mean, that was which part tied of into
0: Hogarth's story, part of the Hogarth thing, right? And that was an interesting way they transitioned to it, but. The way they brought her in was just kind of a little jarring. You know, she was the red herring, and then she became this integral part of the of Hogarth storyline. Right. And then we, of course, we had uh Trish was under the influence of those fucking combat stimulants at this time. Yeah. And Jess is just like, What is wrong with you? Yes. She she for some reason can't see it. And only realizes it when she runs out. Right. The, and that, that turns into part of Trish's story arc and the, and she becomes the antagonist really for the role of antagonist shifts throughout the series.
1: It kind of does, but, you know, without giving away what's going on, the, the, the villain, the original villain, or who ends up being the, the, the superpowered villain, because there's a, there's a bunch of different villains. Right. You know, she really, she's just as bad as Kilgrave, but in a different way, because she manipulates Jones emotionally, uh, through, through guilt mm-hmm. and, and need. Right. Um, And, and and just, you know, Trish is kind of right the entire time. Uh, she has a shitty way of going about it, but you know, she's not really a villain. She's only a villain if you are buying into the fact that Jessica Jones made the right decision. Right. Well, and, and I, she's, she's, she's definitely antagonistic. I, yeah but i don't think that jones made the correct decision in regards to that to that character i think that she made a really horrible decision
0: oh i i think we can i think we can say what say what it is we can give a spoiler all right i'll put, I'll put a spoiler warning all right the the person who is going around killing everyone involved with
1: the internet, I, the internet did not want your spoilers. The, it just the, the internet <laughs> it just froze up. Okay,
0: yeah, the, it, my computer froze up while I was <laughs> revealing who the murderer was. <laughs> Fucking shield, S.H.I.E.L.D. is all the case. Kristen Ritter has great chemistry with all of the actors that they It's just that everybody is, everybody hates each other. Deep, deep down in their heart of hearts, they love each other, but they can't stand
1: each other. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, Trish is jealous of Jessica's powers and her ability not to give a fuck. You know, Jess is jealous of Trish's you
1: know fame and oh, money like and her 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 family like that she actually had a family. Yeah, you know her mother was a complete basket case. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you could definitely tell that. I mean, that's kind of what drove the second. Or uh, the last third of of the show was her lack of of having a family life.
0: Not everybody's trying to fill life. a hole.
1: Yeah, and that's that's,
0: right. that's the theme. That's the theme of of this series is that everybody's trying to fill a hole.
1: If um the third, if they do a third season, mm-hmm. I would like to see how where they go. If they if they if like they treat this as like a second act. Mm-hmm. Or if they continue to, uh, isolate themselves. Because we're going to have, um, the, the next one, you know, you're going to have, uh, what's her name? Um, Wildcat. Wildcat's going to be in it. That's no, not Wildcat. Hellcat.
0: Oh, Hellcat. Totally yeah. different character. Similar, but, <laughs> um, yeah, Hellcat will be there because Trish did end up with powers. Right. She. You don't she know what got, they are,
1: but right. she can, she, she, I'll tell you, she'll be a heck of a hacky sack player.
0: Mm hmm. So, at the end, Malcolm got what he wanted.
1: That's her superpower. She's going to go tour with a dead and company and play hacky sack. That's right. Help hippies play hacky sack. Um, Grateful Dead tour. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, toward the end, everybody gets what they want except Jessica. Sort of.
1: Yeah, they get what they think they
0: want. Well, right. But really,
1: nobody's nobody's problems are solved. Nobody's
0: problems are solved.
1: Them.
0: Right. But they're 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 what they've re attained the goal they were after. Right. You know, no matter how they tried to get there, the fate's aligned and
1: Malcolm's a real boy.
0: Malcolm's a real private detective now, working for an expensive firm. He's actually an associate. Um Jerry Hogarth gave him a fat fucking check.
1: Yeah, Jerry Hogarth has her own company. She, she has her own company. She's named all of her clients, uh, but she's still dying of ALS.
0: She's still dying of ALS, but that hasn't stopped her. She's just thrown herself back into work. Uh, the last we see of her, she is talking to the architects of her new office, telling them what types of stuff she wants in it. And, uh, yeah, that's the, then we see Chang and Malcolm come in. as her latest appointment and she puts them on retainer. Yep. Yeah. As as her personal private investigator. Well
1: and even even Jessica got what she wanted wanted. She thought she wanted Yeah, she's, she's starting to. Everyone well, every everybody left her the fuck
0: alone, plus she is filling that family hole with Oscar and Beto. Right. And so, you know, it's almost kind of even though everything fell to shit, everybody lived happily ever after. In some capacity. And since S.H.I.E.L.D. won't let me reveal the identity of the killer. That's all the time we have for this week.
1: That's right.
0: (laughs) Next time. Next time we'll be looking at Gene Wolfe's The Land Across. Yeah. A delightfully odd little book.
1: (laughs) I'm looking forward to that.
0: Me too. Me too. I'm about halfway done with the book right now. Nice. So until then keep 30 luck points
1: yep you're gonna need them